0: All right, we're rolling, right? We're rolling. All right, guys, what's up? Welcome back to Stick Talk Podcast. Uh, (laughs) We had a little bit of a delayed start here. There's like some internal arguments going on around what episode number this is. So we're going to let you guys decide. I think it's episode 21. You think it's 20?
1: 20 something. -something. We're definitely in the 20s.
0: Regardless, we've made it this far. We appreciate all your support uh, and we're going to keep it rolling. Either way, episodes aren't as important as our guest. And uh, we're really excited to welcome Pat Walls to the show. Appreciate you being Thank here, you. man. Thank you. Awesome. Pat has uh, got a lot of wisdom that he's going to share with us here today. Uh, you're the founder of Starter Story. I have a
2: lot of wisdom because I'm old. Because <laughs> you're old. Way older you say you're first. old, but you look younger <laughs> than we do. 23. 23. 23. 24. Yeah. I'm the old one of the girls. He's I can old.
0: To he's me. old. I'm yeah. 32. Just flip it around. So you're like, our like, age. So a fucking old, <laughs> old no, a I love to meet guys like
2: you that are like, Young, I'm yeah. crushing it. When I, was, when I was do don't look thirty-two. Thank you. <laughs> when I was twenty-three, I was like trying to make it in the corporate world. I wasn't even thinking about starting a business. So
0: that's super interesting. So when did you first find entrepreneurship? Because your entire business model is revolved around sharing entrepreneurial stories, right? I was always kind
2: of like an entrepreneur. Like you know, when I was like sixteen or fifteen, I started a lawn mowing business. And then when I was in college, I started an iPhone repair business and like had a nice little side hustle, but I never really thought, or I didn't really have any entrepreneurs in my family or anything like that. So I didn't really think like, I like dreamed of doing it, but I didn't think that I was capable because um, back then, like there wasn't like, you couldn't just like go on Twitter and like, you know, connect with other entrepreneurs. It was like a very like established formal thing, or at least in my view or in my circles is like, I thought, okay, maybe one day I'll do it, but it's not something that I could like start right now.
0: So when was the decision to start, right? Cause you mentioned when you were around our age, you were in corporate. So like you got the degree, you went to corporate America. (laughs) Was there like a burnout phase or what happened there? Yeah, pretty much.
2: I was in around your age, so 24, 25. I was, yeah, I was dabbling in corporate. I was looking for the right career for me. I was I started in accounting and then I switched to finance and then I switched to software engineering. Jeez. So I was just trying to find <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just trying to find something that I actually enjoyed doing and then after like three careers I finally like was like okay, there's there's this isn't it for me. I want to find something that like I felt like I got good at those things like pretty quickly and then I was like, "Okay, hey, what's the next challenge?" Yeah. So after a few careers, I realized, "Okay, maybe the career thing's not for me." I want to work for myself. I want to do my own thing. So around 25, 26 years old, so around 2016, 2015, 2016, I started like thinking okay, maybe I could start a business. And then I started uh, yeah, I was dabbling like me and my buddies tried to start a B2B SaaS product and get into Y Combinator. We were living in San Francisco at the time. Okay, that so
0: did that environment have like an impact on you, would yeah. you say? Just seeing other people around you doing the startup stuff, Y Combinator obviously was a, a really popular thing at the time, it still is. Yeah. That had to give you guys some motivation yeah. and inspiration?
2: Yep, yep, yeah, I was living in San Francisco and yeah, my buddy that I ended up starting the company with, he had already started a business, so I was getting a little bit gotcha. of exposure to him. He was running like a pet store in San Francisco, <laughs> it was super random. But yeah, that's when I first took the the <clears throat> pill or whatever. Yeah. And, then, and then building that business, building that company, even though it failed and it was, yeah, we, we spent like six months building, trying to build a YC company. It was just the most like exhilarating, fun experience for me that I was like, okay, I know I want to do this.
0: You got hooked. Yeah, got hooked. Yeah. And it sounds like with that initial startup, it was with friends or with at least a team. Yeah. And then from my understanding, when you, went and started starter story it was more of like a solopreneur vibe and that's kind of still what you're known for which i think is really cool so maybe touch on like what that was like or what the decision process was like to say i want to venture out on my own and and try something without you know founders or a team yeah
2: yeah it's a couple things i remember after i when i was first started i wanted that business to work so bad and i felt like the people that i was working with not necessarily they didn't because they were my friends and they didn't want it, but I felt like I wanted it more than they did. And when, I, when it ended up failing, I, I was the guy who was like in my room nights and weekends, like how do we figure out how, how this is gonna yeah. grow? How are we gonna, and then-
1: You were the one without the backup plan. Yeah. You were just like burn all boats, like I need something to work. Yeah,
2: big. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was definitely more invested mentally than those guys. And, and you know, those guys are my friends and stuff like that. And, but I think that was the, when I realized that, okay, this isn't gonna work. Finding, having co-founders didn't really work for me. I just wanna figure out something. Like you said, I didn't have a backup plan. I was like, I cannot work in corporate anymore. I will just do something on my own now. And that's when I started Starter Story. and I was like, okay, if I can start something that I can do on nights and weekends, which is like more of a blog, and I could do it myself and in the process, because I'll be interviewing entrepreneurs and talking to entrepreneurs, I'll be able to uh, meet people, potentially meet a new yep. co-founder, find a new product idea. And then that's when I, uh, so I didn't really start it like thinking that this was gonna be the big business that I was gonna start. It was just something that to fill my time with and find something else. And then it ended up being the business. (laughs) That's
1: so cool to think about. Yeah, because I was gonna say, it's such a drastic shift from B2B SaaS to blog. So it was more of just like, hey, I'm going to interview other people until that light bulb goes off and just, you're just like, oh, this is the business.
2: Yeah. So how
1: long, I guess, from when you started Starter Story until you realize like, oh shit, I really have something here that I should focus on full-time.
2: A long time. Three, almost, I don't know these. If I started it in 2017 and then I really realized that it was the business that I wanted that I wanted to go all in on, took two years actually. Wow. And I'd actually already quit my job by that point. Cause like, Starter Story did well in the beginning and I made like, back then this is like, was more crazier than it is now, but I was making like, a month with a side project, which to me was like, whoa, okay, that's enough to actually quit my job because I didn't have, I didn't, I was really bad with money and stuff like that. I had a lot of uh, student loan debt and I also had some some credit card debt from this coding boot camp I did because I became an engineer. And once I started Starter Story, I was able to basically pay off that debt because I had a full-time job and I was paying off that debt. I
0: saw that tweet. That was so cool. The credit card debt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: That was in like 2018 or something like that. But when I paid off that credit card debt and my student loan debt, really, I felt like free. Yeah. And then I got like a $12,000 check from one of our sponsors, one of our advertisers. And at that moment, I had like, $12,000 $12,000 in my bank account. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, I've never seen this much money in my life. Yeah. Like nowadays, it's nothing. There's
3: right? not
0: a negative sign next to it. Yeah, 12- exactly.
3: <laughs> so walk us through what exactly Startup Story is because a $12,000 check from an advertiser is like a lot of money. Yeah. Right. So what exactly is the whole concept behind it? Why was an advertiser willing to cut you a $12,000 check? Yeah. What's the whole story behind it?
2: Yeah. So Startup Story is a place where you can go and see how people are building successful online businesses or like side hustles. You can go on, you can see interviews of founders, how they came up with their idea, how they grew it, uh, you know, what their financials are, just lots of stuff. If you're interested in starting a business, you can go read these like basically case studies or playbooks, that's what it is. So I started doing that, created a newsletter and this one sponsor, this advertiser, they wanted to get in front of our audience and actually this was like my, that was really the first big break for Starter Story is like most people will approach you and say, hey, I wanna sponsor your newsletter, advertise on your newsletter for 300 bucks, maybe a hundred bucks, whatever, yeah, something yeah. small. This guy came to me, he's the CEO of ClaviO, which is a big company, you might've heard of them. Yeah, pretty wow. big. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> They are probably, they were
3: probably <laughs> way smaller back they then. They are super That's
2: small crazy. back then. And he said, man, I really like what you built. Mm-hmm. I wanna just like support, how can we support you? Cause mm-hmm. I wasn't really making any money at the time or anything like that. And then I said, okay, well, you know, you could sponsor the newsletter. He's like, how about we sponsor your newsletter for 12 months? And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, let me know how much that costs. So I was like, all right, well, (laughs) maybe I could charge, I would charge maybe, I don't know, 300 bucks a month. (laughs) And then the guy, then I went to my buddy and told him like, yeah, he's sponsoring. He's like, you should just ask for like three times more than, than that because, and I was like, okay, all right, well, so I went up. To, I went to him, I said, hey, it'll be $1,000 a month times 12, $12,000. And he responded. <laughs> "So like, let me get a calculator so real quick sick. and see what that adds up to. I was so scared to send that email. And then I sent it. This is a few months into starting it too. It wasn't right after I first started it, but it was the first big break. And he replied back like immediately saying, sure, sounds good. And then.
1: <laughs> Did you have like an immediate like, shit, I should ask for more? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, no. Okay. It felt like it felt so crazy at the time that I didn't even. I didn't even think to, uh, that was like, that was nuts at the time. Cause I was again, like I told you, I had negative money. Yeah. And, um, so finally when I got the, he asked me for like, I don't know, like some chase login thing and like they wired it directly into my bank account, which was just crazy. <laughs> and, and I quit my job like a week later That's and awesome. moved to Thailand and said, okay, I'm going to build this. Uh, I have enough money to live. To, if i move home or move like as a digital nomad or something like that and i never have to work corporate again i'll figure it out how to do it but that's the story of the twelve thousand dollar check
1: wow that's
0: so <laughs> cool man and like starter story is all interviews right like it's it's all focused around other people's stories and journeys to success and even their failures along the way in entrepreneurship was there like an inspiration because christian and i have a similar background or at least a similar starter story if you will where in college, we were interested in entrepreneurship, and so we didn't really know what business we wanted to start, so we figured, let's just do a podcast, and that yeah. actually became our business, in which we had no expectation for, and that sounds like how uh, Starter Story was started. So was there, and for us, the inspiration was like Tim Ferriss, Gary Vee, mm-hmm, like we mm-hmm. just saw other people doing this style of interview that we also wanted to do. Was there some inspiration like that for you as well?
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a website called Indie
0: Hackers. Indie Hackers. Yep,
2: yep. I remember seeing that when i was starting that that yc company i remember like it was like you know we got rejected from yc and all that stuff i remember reading indie hackers and they just had like these cool stories of people that were making $3000 a month $5000 a month and i really liked so i just was a huge fan of that website and knew the guy that started it and um so that was a big inspiration and what inspired me to to start the to start a website like it because i knew there was something there and they got they had gotten acquired by stripe as well so my original idea was to do what they were doing and essentially we copied them in the beginning to do what they were doing but for my first like niche was e-commerce so we started only interviewing e-commerce companies ddc that kind of thing uh, so that was a big inspiration and then people that inspired me uh, i'm a huge fan of peter level's if you know him yeah levels
0: io yeah levels on twitter yeah I, th- I think i've seen
2: yep yeah he was like probably my biggest in terms of a person not a business uh he is my biggest inspiration uh just the way that he was able to like build products by himself with no employees and live anywhere he wants and yeah that's a big inspiration so that's
0: always been your vibe the digital nomad the indie hacker like solopreneur type gig right um which is super interesting yeah i mean
2: I think I've gone away more than that. I think I still have a lot of the values of that, like owning your own time, not taking VC money, that sort of stuff. But I, we have a team now, and I'm definitely more... I'm not a solopreneur. Gotcha. Uh, I have a team of about five people. Um, but I still have those values, I think. And I still think like it's amazing what people can do as a solopreneur. And a lot of our audience also is solopreneurs or people that want to start their own. You know, They're nine-to-fivers who want to start a... Uh, a business and quit their jobs. And a lot of that is being like solopreneur, at least starting out as a solopreneur. Yeah.
0: I'll let you, uh, light your cigar there. Yeah. It's always funny with these episodes, <laughs> like the, you could just see like the, the guests is bit. like holding their cigar. Like it's not lit. And they're like talking yeah. and they're kind of like, well, it,
2: it loses the light after you talk. Yeah, so, sorry, sorry. so
1: now we're sitting here, it's 2023 and you have what? 300,000 people reading this thing almost every week. Is that correct? Or Yeah. 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 I,
2: about 1.5 million a month. That's wow. how I would, that's how so, I v-
1: Website visitors? Yeah. Which is crazy. And I guess my question, obviously like, you've had insane output and just like extreme consistency. I saw that you guys had like 4,428 case studies on your website before, which just seems like an ungodly number. Um, when did it start clicking and like, how did you guys start driving traffic to the page? Were you really good at SEO or like, what was, I guess, what was like the, the main traffic source? for a starter story?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's a longer journey of how we got there, but in the beginning it was Reddit. How we first got traction was Reddit. Okay. So I would take the case studies and I would put them in a Reddit-friendly format. So I guess take away like, some of the images, don't like you know, self-promote too much, and I would repost them in the r slash entrepreneur subreddit. I don't know if you guys have ever been on, yeah. on Reddit on that. It's a decently popular subreddit. And then they would blow up on there and that's how I got the initial traction, the initial like, I don't know, 1,000, 10,000 email subscribers was wow. through that. And that was in 2018.
0: And but, what's, what's a case study, just for the audience? Is it like an actual case study for your business or is that just kind of what the name you gave to the interviews? You were oh doing? yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a case study, it's an interview. Yeah, interview with an entrepreneur. So we'd post like, for example, a guy is running a uh, company selling bidets and we would put like, on the, on the Reddit on the Reddit post, I make $10,000 a month selling bidets. <laughs> and then it'd be an interview where he'd tell you exactly how he did it, how he came up with the idea, how he grew it, et cetera, et cetera. So it has a lot of value in it. Yeah. And the Redditors love that. And then uh, it would like get a lot of upvotes on Reddit. And then some people would come to my website who are like the super fans. And then they would <coughs> subscribe to the email list and then become more longtime readers and come to the website.
3: So did you ever find that leveraging the guests audience helped you get a lot of traffic like for example if you have on i don't know elon musk or gary Vee, you're gonna get millions of people from their audience coming to your website was that like a, a strategy for you or did that happen no. all
2: by itself or do you no. not even rely on no it, it was never really a str- it never really the people that we interviewed are like people that started small businesses so they don't even have like big audiences wow so like there would be a couple times where maybe uh that would give us some audience but ever our thing has always been interviewing like real business owners that are in the trenches not necessarily you know influencers or like big names we've had some big names but a lot of the big names don't want to do interviews with us because a requirement of our website and a reason why it was bigger in the or why it kind of blew up in the beginning is that we in or if you want to share your story you have to share how much money you're making as a business or how much revenue you have as a business and a lot of people don't want to share that so they'll say no sorry we don't want to do an interview or you know you know a lot of people just don't want to share there's a lot of people won't do it so um
0: why why was that like what was the idea there or the mindset behind asking that question and then what's the qualification process as well like how do you ensure to your viewers or website visitors like this is real or is it more of just like an honor system yeah
2: yeah it's self-reported so take everything with a grain of salt um and what was the first question
0: just like what was the motive behind asking people yeah. like how much yeah. you are making? Because I feel like some people like it's a sensitive question, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: yeah. The motive, well, when I first did it, we did a few interviews that had it and a few that didn't have it. And then I made a decision after like 12 interviews, okay, I think we need to take a stand on this and remove the old ones or ask them to add their revenue and then only have people that are sharing their, their revenue. And I think when you're starting something new, especially in a blog, a lot of bloggers, ask, oh, I can just start a blog about entrepreneurship. I'll start a blog about pets or whatever cigars you have to do something that makes you stand out or do something different and that was that was the goal with it is that um if people come to this website it's just not it's not just another blog it has something unique or i don't know ballsy about it and then Mm -hmm. also like if you're gonna read a story about a small business you know it's not gary v it's not elon musk who cares about their business if you don't know how much money they're making, yeah. you know? That's like. a great point. Yeah, like, if, if the I... the
1: point of business, right? Yeah, exactly. So, if you the are... The example is perfect. Yeah. Because nobody wakes up as, like, a fifth grade and you're like, I want to clean a million butts <laughs> when yep. I'm older, yeah. right? Like, it's only... If it's making yeah, exactly. a lot of money. And that yeah. format probably worked really well on Reddit as well, correct? Yep.
2: yep, exactly. It's the amount of money you're making and ridiculous product or boring product or something you wouldn't expect to make a lot of money. That, that combination. That was the formula. Yeah, exactly. What, That's what, what are some for. other weird ones? Okay, my favorite one. And you <laughs> asked me, uh, so I had to, to prepare for it. But um, this guy sells chocolate molds of penises
0: as pranks <laughs> christian what's the business name again you remember adam and eve <laughs> christian's your number one affiliate go ahead
2: <laughs> so it looks like big black dicks basically because it's chocolate
0: no white chocolate <laughs> no they
1: have white chocolate kisses
3: <laughs> can you get a caramel filling <laughs> caramel. this one i really quickly <laughs> Uh all so, right how much money does he make
2: <laughs> he was making twenty five thousand dollars a month at the time i think he makes like a million dollars a year now or something wow. crazy or maybe even more i don't even i don't you know. a mole, it's called okay i don't even I don't know okay it's basically I mean, looks how like good a is dildo. the chocolate <laughs> i didn't try it <laughs> it's basically it looks like a dildo but it's made of chocolate and you send it as a prank to your friends Gosh, you guys. it's called dick at your door <laughs> <And> <laughs> i think
3: that was one the that- best one I think I saw one that's, like, shit in a box where you could, like, ship real dog shit to your friends. Oh, I'm yes. Like, yep. yo, that's, yep. that's that's so yeah. That's probably, like, pocket.
0: illegal, no? I don't know. Real feces? I don't know. That, I don't Something know. similar to that. Yeah. Though. I feel yeah. like the prank stuff
2: does really well. Yeah, prank stuff. Be yeah. This other guy does, like, uh, greeting cards that never stop, that never shut up. So, it does happy birthday. You know those cards that make, yeah. that sing happy birthday? But it never stops. <laughs> and the only way you can stop it is by physically breaking it with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Or, like, it, like, even survives underwater and shit. He's crushing it, too.
0: (laughs) It's crazy, bro. I think the coolest takeaway from, like, what you do and all the stories that you've shared over the years is, like, there's unlimited ways to make money. Right? Yep. And one of the things that I really admire about, like, you and your business concept is it really puts, I feel like, the art of asking questions at the forefront. Because that's really what produces, like, these stories and, and the intrigue from the audience and so like we have a podcast too, and I feel like as podcasters, the number one thing you're thinking about throughout the episode is like, what, what's a good question to ask? And so maybe talk to us about some of like your favorite questions to ask entrepreneurs or business owners that have led to some of these really cool stories or reactions, yeah. Yeah. if you will.
2: I mean, we really have a formula for what we ask because every business is essentially the same at the core of it is, you know, you have an idea you have a background you have some sort of story you have an idea you have to turn that idea into a product then you have to figure out how to grow that product or that grow that that business and then you also you know can go over like operations of the business also like advice you have for other founders so a lot of our structure is the same um, but then the answers are always different and we do a lot of follow-ups um, once someone submits their interview it's not as simple as we just post it on the website we go through it and we ask for follow-up. So if they mention something, we will say, okay, can you talk more about that? And we're, all, we're always about like, can you get into the specifics of things? Cause our, you know, we have that case study format. Um, how can you like, okay, if you say you're good at SEO or you've grown through SEO, tell us specifically what, you know, what blog posts like have been the most, have blown up the most or like, what's your content strategy or how often are you posting content? So I really like to get into the specifics of stuff, especially cause it's written. Um, But one thing we did is, like, I would always take, especially when I was initially posting on Reddit, I would look at all the comments of what people said, um, of further questions they had, and then Integrate use those, those as questions in future interviews, or like get an understanding of what people really want to know. Yeah. Um, so.
0: Like crowdsource. Yeah, yeah,
2: crowdsource questions, and that—that's how I've done it. But I'm. I don't really have a good answer for how to find good questions because it's not really on the fly. We're not doing podcasts. We're doing written stuff. It's so. all
0: preset. It's all formulaic. It sounds yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the number one goal is to get granular with the detail and not like big lofty ideas. Yeah. It sounds like. Yep. And that's why it does so well is because people can go in and get a very clear understanding of what this business does, yeah. how much it makes, how they did it, yeah. what yeah. works, what didn't. It's- so
3: yeah. what do you think the main reason the, a reader comes onto your site? Is it for entertainment? Like, it's the morning newspaper that they read or, you know, the thing that they start their day with? Is it to learn how to start a specific business? Is it to get inspired? Like, what do you think is the main attraction for a reader to come onto the site and, and kind of learn about these stories?
2: Um, I think a lot of people go, well, our, our audience is like the nine to fiver, the guy who, or girl who... Um, Wants to, wants to do their own thing, wants to create their own idea, but they don't have, um, they're looking for the idea. So a lot of it serves as, I think a lot of it serves as inspiration. Yeah. So like you can get inspired, like, oh, like you said, like this, you know, bidet is making $10,000, you can make $10,000 a month with bidets or chocolate dicks or whatever. <laughs> so uh, I like to see, I, I think a lot of people go on for inspiration and then also because it, again, has that, yeah. to see the number, the, the revenue number, to get that, to get, and we try to go as, as deep as possible in um, metrics of the business, profit, cost of acquisition, all that, all that sort of stuff. So, so
3: have you ever had a, have you ever interviewed a business owner that started their business from reading your your site?
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people. I get a lot of people who DM me and say like, oh, I read your Reddit interviews back in the day, or like you inspired me to start a business. Yeah, I get that all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. that has got to be the a good best feeling yes. of fulfillment yes. ever, That's yeah. the best. Like, it's better than any sort of money. Like even when you're first starting, you guys might have experienced something like this. When you're first starting out, you haven't made any money yet, but someone just like DMs you or emails you and says, like, "Thanks, your shit was useful."
0: Yeah, or yeah, something like that's that.: That's
2: better than any. I, th- I think any even sort of still,
0: money. even when you get into making the money, obviously that part's great, but like being able to help other people and have an impact, yep. Yep. is also a really cool feeling. Sure. Yeah, it's the
1: thing about consulting that I love. It's like the, the student wins and the big deals they close almost feel better at this point yeah. than the own big deals you close. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is a good sign that you're in the right industry. Yeah. If you're, you know, have like that service mindset. Yeah. Another question I had is like, do you ever remember interviewing a business that was super early days and they blew up to become like a massive company or a pretty, uh, pretty successful venture back company? God, I have to think.
2: Oh, Brewmate is a good one. Uh, this, you know
1: that? I've heard of,
3: I've seen the founder on social media.
2: Yeah, know? Dylan Jacob. Uh, we interviewed him pretty early, and now his company, last time we talked, was making 120 million a year. Wow. With uh, <laughs> they sell, have you heard of them? Brewmate. You know what they do? They, no. They no,
1: like him. I've seen it like online. Yeah. It keeps like your drink cold. Yeah. yeah. Beer koozies. Yeah. You know, like
2: when you go on a, I see him like when I went boating one time. Everyone's got like they put their beer can in there to keep the beer cool. Or the drink, or whatever.
1: Yes. Okay, I have seen that. It's like yeah. metal
2: beer koozies, cups, drinkware, coolers, that sort of stuff. That was wow. his business. Were they
1: just getting started? When, when we interviewed, interviewed him, interview? he
2: was doing a million a month, and that okay. was like one of our biggest interviews uh, that like we had. Like at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a million a month, and now he's doing twelve million. <laughs> um, God, there's so many that I'm probably just not thinking so of. So when right is now.
3: the starter story uh, Shark Tank coming?
2: dude that's a good that's a good question i mean I'm, I'm trying to find like a format you guys know that i'm doing this like interviewing entrepreneurs format like yeah. uh we do with daniel and stuff like that one guy told me to take if you want to find a good format take like something that works really well on tv like shark tank and try to create the social media version of that format like mtv You know, MTV Cribs was huge, and now that guy goes in people. Have you seen that guy that goes in people's houses in New York? He took that format from MTV Cribs and put it onto social media. So I'm looking for something like that. I don't know if you guys have any ideas of like, how can you take an entrepreneur format TV? Shark Tank, there's one called The Profit, Bar Rescue. How can I take that? Yeah, (laughs) I don't really watch
1: it. Kickstarter and Shark Tank, like, you'll have, like, a competition and yeah, the readers can yeah. invest at, like, a small level and That'd just, yeah. like small percentage of royalties. I also
0: love uh, the one that Grant Cardone did, the Undercover Billionaire, mm. where they basically, like, completely delete your identity, like, Thanks. he had to shave his head and everything and, and started with, like, a dollar. Yes, Undercover Billionaire, Like, yeah. how fast could he get his first million? Yeah. Just to, like, prove, like, he's legit. Yeah. I love that concept. Yeah. Yeah. something like that something like shark tank what else did you say kickstarter
1: I was saying like marrying the two where like kickstarter oh, okay, okay. was like you, you show this cool idea everybody pitches in but like having it in more of a competitive format where it's yeah. a bunch of ideas up against each other I
2: think other. they had an apple tv show like that one time they did yeah uh, it who was, was like on app, that it was like ashton kutcher or like one of those gary v was definitely on that it was yeah. like apps and it was an app based thing it was yeah. like
0: uh, I remember watching a couple of episodes I don't think it was
2: about. successful but or it was they, no. they cancelled
0: they it they would have been running it still right yeah if it was yeah. Ted Lasso took over and said, which is all good. Not not complaining about that. So we've
3: kind of been talking about theoretical what's next, but what is actually next on the agenda? Like, I guess first, how far from where you started till now, how how has the evolution been in terms of iterations and adding new revenue streams, features, things for your readers, and then where do you think it's gonna go from now moving forward?
2: It's a good question. I mean, if I had had a good answer, it's tough right now with um, the economy. Because I feel like the ad model is really hard Yeah. Uh, for a business like us. Like if you want to, half of our revenue is from advertising. So people that want to pay to uh, advertise on our newsletter and half of it is from subscription. So people subscribe so they can read all the case studies. I'm leaning more towards going away from advertising because it's more of a business model that's prone to fluctuations like it can go down really bad it can go up and i don't really like that very much so i guess the next phase for the business is to figure out how we can grow the side of the business that's where customers pay us directly for our product um
0: in your product is you're saying like the case studies the information information essentially content right yeah
2: content and yeah like similar to like maybe like new york times how they have you can read their content but you pay to subscribe to them. That's, we, we make half our revenue through through a model like that. But how can we grow that? How can we make that bigger? So maybe it's giving people act like courses you or- So a course on how to start a business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you have a course We have a couple on, courses, yeah. Uh,
0: what's the course you have now? Uh, I SEO? Did an,
2: yeah, SEO course, um, which I did in late 2020. And then now I'm doing an email course, which is coming out in like two weeks Nice. or one week. And uh, so yeah, that's part of it. That can be part of it when you sign up. So we've made some, we made some extra money through our courses, but it's not the main way that we make money.
0: One thing that's super interesting about you, like when I was doing some research, you've documented the journey really well. And yes. I think really what I mean to say is you've stayed very, very consistent with content for a long period of time. And that's easier said than done, especially in the beginning when you're not getting like that external validation. Like for us with our podcast, Like we know if we keep, we know like theoretically in our heads that if we keep doing this every single week, showing up, putting out good content, bringing on cool guests, that we're going to be big, right? Or bigger than we are now. But like in the moment, it's still like you have those doubts. Like, oh, like, am I really going to be getting this many people to watch? And so I guess what was that conversation like with yourself early on? Were there times where you were Mm -hmm. like, this isn't worth it anymore or um, you know, stop putting out content for a while because you've stayed very, very consistent. And if you look at the graph, I think you shared somewhere with the, the website visitors. It's just like like the P, right? It just <laughs> very consistently over time, it goes yeah. up and down a little bit, but it continues overall to go up, yeah. which is really cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I were to say like in hindsight, it's 2020 like that, but as I, I didn't really finish my story or I, I got off track, but I didn't realize that starter story was the business that I was wanted to build mm. and t- for two years. I was actually, even after I got that $12,000 check and stuff like that, I was like, okay, well this can't be the, the real business because yeah. it's just about entrepreneurship. <laughs> it needs to be a SaaS product or something like that. So I kept launching stuff on the side, I guess, to try to find something, right? I was still looking for something. And I even launched a SaaS product uh, it was like a b2b email not b2b but like it was like an email plug crm product that i worked on for a year and a half and it took all my focus after i started starter story and um i only got it to like a thousand five hundred dollars a month and it was like i put i was like this is going to be it like i started starter story i was successful now i'm going to do my next thing and i tried starting this basically this b2b SaaS product and basically Didn't get any traction, but I worked my ass off to do it, and then it was at that moment that I realized well, building that uh, both of those I was building Starter Story, and I was making at the time, I don't know $8,000 a month, and then with this B2B SaaS product, which which was called Pigeon, I was making $1,500 a month, but I was putting 80% of my time into that 20% of my time into Starter Story and it it was at that moment that I realized that, okay, I'm going to cancel this project i'm gonna i'm just gonna stop working on it and i'm gonna go all in on starter story and that was in 2020 so that was two three years after i started starter story so to answer your question um i was really just it wasn't really like oh it's going up it's gonna be successful if i keep doing it i was just like kind of doing it just to keep the bills paid and now looking back it looks like it was that was the right you know just to keep working on what was right but i was just doing it because i don't know i just felt like an obligation i guess to like the readers or that you know i gotta get a newsletter out every week and that would that yeah. would be like what, what would keep me
0: going <clears throat> it's cool you just listen to the to the market really yeah and you put out one product they didn't really respond well to it even though that was what you really wanted yeah but tough luck it's not what they want, yep. so you got to give them what they want, yep. right? And that's like a big part of business.
2: Yep, follow the money, right? Follow the money. Uh, but yeah, it took me two years to realize that. If I could have realized that faster, yeah. I would have you know, grown faster or whatever. But I think in hindsight, it looked like I made the right decision quickly, but it took me a year and a half to really figure that, to learn that lesson of business, in, which we've all learned, I'm sure.
0: Talk about that real quick, if you will, because I feel like a lot of people in our space, and we're even guilty of this, is having multiple focuses, like Mm -hmm. trying to work on multiple businesses at the same time or a side hustle or corporate job and not going all in on one thing. I feel like that really delays your eventual success. And so maybe talk about like the breakthrough that happened after you made the decision to go in all in on starter story. Was it like an instant like, yeah, this was the right decision or what did that look like?
2: Yep, yep. I do, I do agree that there's a lot of people, especially young entrepreneurs or people that are just starting out, they have shiny object syndrome. They yep. want to just keep going. Um, I think that the only way to, to learn that you shouldn't have that is to learn the hard way, right? To, <laughs> to do what I did. But to answer your question, yeah, right? It took me a year and a half or whatever, two years to come to that decision. But once I finally came to that decision, it was so clear that I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And then revenue doubled in the next month. Wow. And then- start a story. And this luckily was like 2020 pandemic was just happening. And that's when my business blew up for obviously because I put my full uh, attention into it, but even more so COVID helped a lot. That was just good luck and timing. So I took the business from, I don't know, 8,000 to 15,000 in a month. And then by the end of the year, we were doing like 50 or 60,000 a month.
3: Where's that extra revenue coming from? Is that just more... Ad revenue from your increased viewership, is that more expensive sponsorship deals? Like, What is the yeah. increase coming from?
2: That was when we first launched the paywall. So I didn't even have a paywall before that. We were just making money through ads, the subscription <clears throat> product, like I was saying. So it came from thinking more about the product and how we can make more money, where when I was working on the other B2B product, I didn't even like have the mind space to think about that sort of yeah. thing. But once I was like, okay, well, now I'm thinking about this all day. Okay, we can do this thing, this thing, this thing, and I think that will increase revenue. And we tried like five things, and one of them worked. And that was it. So, yeah, it wasn't really like, a, oh, we got so many more readers. It was like, oh, let's charge more money. Yeah, yeah. And let's create this new product that people would want to pay for within Starter Story. I don't know if
1: that answers your question. Yeah, 100%. I was reading, uh, going back to COVID, just like following your story, because you had like a he said earlier but you do an awesome job of documenting your journey but it was at some point during COVID you were like I just took off and drove with no destination yeah and yeah. you showed the map and you went in like a giant circle oh, yeah. for I think 3,000 <laughs> miles so just tell that story because I thought it was super interesting yeah that was
2: actually that's perfect timing because that's the same time that I came up with that decision was on that drive okay so uh cool. I was it was COVID I was I was living at home because I had done the digital nomad thing, but I came back and then COVID happened. So I was just living at home with my mom. I was living with my mom at, what year is this? At 30. And uh, just in a tiny apartment, like, and I think my mom was like, hey, like, she basically told me to get the fuck out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is the nicest person ever, but I think she was just, you know, we were all burned out or whatever. Yep. So I was like, all right, well, I heard about this Bill Gates Think Week. You guys ever heard
0: of that? No. Where he blocks out the entire week to do nothing but think.
2: Yep. And he goes to a little like house a, like a cabin, on something. the lake Yeah, in Seattle or something like that in Washington. And I was like, like
0: all the right. The original dopamine reset. Yep. Yeah. yep. Christian
1: heard Bill Gates and was like, where's my tinfoil <laughs> hat at? <laughs> <It's> like, <how laughs> Bill can Gates, COVID. I people. was like, oh, geez, don't get a steamboat. I'm time. not going to. All but topic.
3: yeah, continue. <laughs> what about Bill
2: Gates? Nah, I'm,
3: that's a rabbit hole for after.
2: Uh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, this is a good time for me to do a think week. And yeah. I looked at some cabins and like, I couldn't find anything that was cheap. So I was like, all right, let's just get in my car and just drive. I have this cheap Marriott thing because my dad works for Marriott. And you can, it was COVID, so nobody was staying in hotels. You can stay in any hotel for basically 40 bucks a night. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go and just drive and stay in a bunch of hotels. So I drove from Utah, where I was at the time, down through Arizona, Grand Canyon, San Diego, all the way up the California coast to Seattle, basically, for like two weeks, just thinking about what I, t- I told uh, my business partner, not business partner, but my, um, employee at the time, uh, Hey, just handle all email for me. And I'm just going to think, and yeah, I just got in the car and just the driving was the best part because I wasn't, couldn't use my phone. And I just thought, and that's when I came to the decision to cancel that project. That was the B2B SaaS project and go all in on starter story. It's
3: my favorite saying thinking is working. Yeah. Right. Cause you're, I feel like people feel guilty when they're not directly at their laptop doing some form of work, but if you're just taking a walk, working out, playing basketball, playing tennis, golfing, just thinking about yep. work, that's probably the highest ROI form of work you can do, right? Because you're taking yourself out of the business and thinking about what can I do overall to grow it, right?
2: Yeah. Yep. Which yep. I think
3: is impossible to do if you're constantly in the weeds. Yep.
2: And I really think you do need like more than a day. Yep. Because I remember on the first day, I was still like lizard brain, like neurotic, like I got to get back to work. I feel guilty. I'm just thinking about these these low level weeds in the weeds problems. And then the second day and the third day. And by the time I got to the fourth day, I was thinking bigger. I was able to take a step back, right? So I need to do another think week. <laughs> and
1: are you on your phone? Or are you cranking music on the drive? Or like, what's, uh, like, what are you actually doing here?
2: Yeah, it was just at first, you know, I was like, yeah, I got to listen to audiobooks. So I listened to an audiobook and like try to keep my, trying to my, stay productive, yeah, right? Exactly. You gotta feel like you're doing something. Exactly. Right? And then eventually, yeah, I just went to music and maybe even no music. And a lot of just sitting around. And it wasn't even just driving, but just going and, like, seeing places. And, um, but yeah, it was a lot of silence. So, what? I mean, what was the rest of your trip like? I, I've, the way you're describing
3: it, you're just driving to a hotel, sitting in your room, like a Aaron Rodgers darkness retreat, <laughs> getting up, getting back in your car. Like, what were some of the most memorable experiences you had, like... I don't know, Golden Gate Bridge, LA, Seattle. Like, what were some cool experiences you had on that trip?
2: What's cool is I got to see friends along the way because I have friends in different cities and I lived in San Francisco and LA. I had a lot of friends in LA and San Diego and all that. So I got to like see people along the way, which is nice, see old friends and that sort of thing. Um, I got to see, yeah, see all the, see some new places and see some old places. But a lot of it was just like driving. And I was just going very fast. I wasn't really staying anywhere. I would just drive and then stay the night somewhere and then drive again. So I really didn't like hang out anywhere unless I was seeing someone, which was, I think that was good. I think the driving was the part where I did all the thinking. Um, so much driving. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just doing a big loop. I was like, all right, well, I'm going all the way here. Like I'm going to have to get back. And, you know, I was just thinking about when am I going to get back? So I was just, yeah, was just what a lot of driving. What type of car were you
1: driving at the time?
2: It was a Chevy... Uh, gosh, it's like a, like the CRV of Chevy's. I think it's a Equinox. Equinox? Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. just it, it's my mom's car.
1: <laughs> just trying to figure out if, you know, Greta Thunberg, or you were driving a Raptor on top. <laughs> just pop out through the window. What uh, about Greta Thunberg? Just like if you were driving a Raptor for that oh, like like for a, like no a tr- reason. Oh, like
2: a truck. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's a gas guzzler. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, that's cool, man. I feel like there's a lot of, uh, especially nowadays, um, a lot of advocacy for like that dopamine reset mm-hmm. and like really just going out and detaching from social media and just all the noise. Cause that's all it is, right? Like you pick up your phone, you are just bombarded with text messages, news alerts, uh, social media posts, notifications, just creating like clients reaching out to yeah. you, yeah. team members reaching out. And it's, it's a lot for like a person to handle. Yeah. And I don't know, I just feel like a lot of successful stories have originated from like the dopamine. I I just think of like uh, McConaughey, Joshua Matthew Tree McConaughey. Yeah. 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 He he locked himself in like a cabin to write uh, Greenlights, which is probably mm. my most enjoyable read ever. I haven't read that, it's good. So it's good. It's unbelievable. I'm gonna check it and out. And you could just tell like how clear headed he was while writing that yeah. book. It, it sounds exactly like you'd be having a conversation with the guy. Yeah. And I don't know him personally, but I don't think he'd be able to write at that level if he were, where he's at now, yeah. like in the middle of Austin and yeah. surrounded by all the news and, and media. He's just in a cabin. He, I think he said he brought like whiskey or something. So yeah. Like a little bit like whiskey and cigars
1: or something. And and whiskey and like a steak or something like that. Yeah. Had a few steaks. and like his old that's journal. Awesome. I want to do that. Actually, talk about that. Go, that. I was just going to say, if you're an audiobook guy, highly recommend that. Yeah. Because he does I a love yeah, I love Audible, yeah. He's got, got, got the best voice. I haven't been reading a lot
2: voice. lately, though. I need to get back in my game. I,
1: these guys probably judge me for it, but I just don't read. I just can't. I go phone. through phases.
2: Like I'll read like six books in a month, and then I won't read a book for.
1: Yeah, six I read months. for
2: fiction
3: though. I don't like. Yeah. Well, interesting stuff. Like the book that inspired Goodfellas, I read crazy good book. Really? Way better than the movie. Was it called um, Wise Guy? It's a fiction book that. Inspired no, it's a true story people? actually, but it's about Henry Hill, and then the book inspired the movie about Henry Hill. So it's all from a true story. You're one of those
1: yeah. book was better than movie type guys. In, mo- <laughs> in most cases, in most
3: movie? cases, yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. cool
0: well, Goodfellas was a great movie. So I was gonna that's say like a that's, high standard that's of a tough. Book.
3: I read Wise Guy, and then I saw the movie, and I was like, meh. I think it was just because I, I knew Goodfellas exactly what okay. was gonna happen. Okay,
0: read
2: yeah. the book. I'm not a big like uh, mafia. mafia, mafia, mafia yeah, oh,
0: movie. I, am. I was gonna say it's like it's either you are, or you're, it's yeah. Like, uh, there's diehards, and then there's yeah, yeah. Well, of the Have no. you seen All the Godfathers.
2: Is... I've seen the first one. No, I'm not a big mafia guy. I know. I I really should sit down and give it a full chance. The Godfather. I've watched it classic but
1: third one you're not missing out on too much second, yeah.
2: second
0: one, one i thought amazing. was better than the first to yeah. Be
2: yeah i love movies i haven't <laughs> been watching as much lately do you guys watch any of the academy award stuff nope no, no. banshees of Inisherin.
0: oh i want to watch need to watch that if you like if you like mafia
2: you'll probably like that too have you seen in bruges the colin farrell movie same director as that
1: i haven't seen any of the new movies in a minute we we went to like the Marvel ones, the recent ones, which are terrible.
2: Yeah, I, hate Mar- uh, I do not like Marvel movies. Pre three, fire. Yeah? Yeah, so good.
1: Going back
0: to the, the question I had is you also, a lot of what you do is, is revolving around writing. And I think that's a big part of obviously like your documentation process throughout the journey. When you were starting the business and writing about the the SaaS that you were working on that ultimately you phased out of. So, like, talk about writing, because we have a friend, uh, Dickie Bush, mm-hmm. who's built his entire business around the concept of getting people to write online. Yeah. And I think, in a way, you guys are very, very similar, because mm-hmm. I read Starter Story, and it, it's very organized, it's very... There's formulaic, and it's all about writing. And I just feel like writing is a really... uh under underestimated skill set for entrepreneurs yep and so maybe talk about that yep. for a minute yep
2: no <clears throat> i hate to give so much advice because i haven't been writing as much lately but i wrote every day on my blog patwalls.com for a year and a half wow. every single day i wrote a post and it gained like a little bit of a following so but i ha- I have been doing it as much lately because the business has been taking up more focus but yeah, i'm a big believer that writing is writing is thinking is what they say um i do a lot of writing even just for business like if you want to just what we, you ever heard of amazon's writing culture mm-hmm. yeah so every at amazon jeff bezos is like a big he said no powerpoints he, he said powerpoints are illegal in the company you cannot <laughs> do a powerpoint everything is written you have to if you want to propose or if you go to a meeting you, they don't just have like bullshit meetings there the meetings are based around basically what they call six pager and it's writing exactly what this feature or this improvement or whatever they're going to do. They do a full writing analysis. So if you're going to propose to change something in the company, you have to write six pages about it. And then in the meeting, they sit there in the meeting and then they, for 15 minutes, everyone's quiet sitting around a table or whatever. And they're putting comments. They're roasting this thing. Right. And I think that's like a good, like, I guess, explanation of why writing is so important. is like, you can say something that you want to do, or you can think something that you want to do, but if you write something that you want to do, it will give you so much more insight or, uh, details or clarity around what you want to do. Right. So anything you could be writing, Hey, I want to grow my business and do SEO. Yeah. That's cool. You can do that, but go and write about it, write two pages about how you're going to do that. Or if, what I was doing I was doing just more like on my blog I would write every day and that was like giving me clarity about whatever I was going through in that day or like the struggles of building a business that really did help too like like you said earlier like the ups and downs or like not sure if it's gonna um, you know if it's gonna work out or whatever if you just write those thoughts down then you'll again you'll probably come to the conclusion that yeah it is worth it or maybe it's not worth it yeah and that's that helped me make the decision too to drop that business was a lot of writing i was writing every day at the time
1: and it's such a healthy Um, exercise for you and it's kind of sad because it's getting easier and easier to go on with life without writing Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. like i'm picturing the amazon example and nowadays you just log on and be like hey chat gpt write me me a six page essay on why we should unionize and send it to mr bezos yeah (laughs) it's like okay project done
2: it's crazy when you think about it. Like, yeah, I think ChatGPT is amazing, but if you don't sit there and write it out, I think you're like, you're doing yourself, I, I use ChatGPT all the time, so I can't really say that, but um, you'll lose that that thinking thing or like that clarity piece if you just write it. Because I feel like when Chat you're Chat writing, GPT.
1: you're actively thinking about like, okay, yeah. how it's am I coming It's the process across?
0: Yeah. why it's so valuable. Yeah. It's not the end product. Yeah. Right? But like, it's
1: forcing it's, you to take perspective on yeah. your opinion. Yeah. It's
0: like you don't go back to like throughout your journal and you're like, where like, it's not an end product really it's the process of journaling or dumping your thoughts on paper to really flesh out an idea
2: and it's not even just the writing it's also the editing and the revising so like yeah writing is great to get it out on paper but then when you start going through it especially something that you're going to publish going through it and combing through it and cutting down and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting like the best writers i'm a big fan of paul graham you guys know paul graham oh yeah
0: he Y Combinator. Yeah, yeah, he
2: started Y Combinator, and he's known for his essays. Like, essays, yeah. don't do things that don't scale. That's, like, his fam- one of his famous essays. All of his essays, and he has essays on writing, too, is, yeah. Uh, what he says about writing is, like, yeah, you're just rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and revising and editing and cutting down, getting feedback, rewriting, rewriting, until you really have, like, a, a point or an argument that Something is... Something worth saying, right? Yeah, yeah and ChatGPT, you'll never get that
0: no. yeah well you'll never know how it got that which yeah. i think is also yeah. a really important piece uh one thing i want to trans transition into uh is more of like entrepreneurship 101 in a way uh so i think i saw something about like the 24-hour startup oh yeah that you did with pro- was that with product hunt
2: I didn't do it with Product Hunt, but it was the days of, you guys, probably before your time, yeah? When Product Hunt was big?
0: Oh, no. I, that, I was on that. That yeah? was like the number one source for me, like in 2018, yep. like back then. Yep. Yep. Oh, I love that shit. I would go on every single day. Yeah, that's those, how I heard about all this stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I forgot to mention that earlier as what was an inspiration for me, but Product Hunt was, was big. Time. That was big back then. That was like, I don't know, what's the Product Hunt of today?
0: I think Product Hunt is still... Pretty big?
2: No, it's it's not as but big anymore. But there's like... You still crush it with a product hunt launch. Yeah. yeah. Twitter is like what product hunt used to be. Twitter is yeah. so big now. It's almost
0: like Morning Bird too. Yeah. In a way. Yep. I, I compare those two. I actually heard about Morning Bird through Product Hunt. Oh, yeah? It was like product of the day or whatever. Yep. But uh, yeah, so Entrepreneurship 101. So maybe talk about... The, the reason I bring in the 24-hour startup uh, concept is because for our audience, I think we have you here. And one of the values in that is you've seen so many mm-hmm. different business concepts and success stories that there's gotta be some trend or at least a few lessons that you've seen that people have done that have led to success in entrepreneurship that you might be able to share with someone that's either uh, thinking of yeah. going into entrepreneurship or they're in it and they're just not seeing the traction they want just yet. So maybe talk on that topic for a little bit.
2: Yeah. Let me find on my phone. I have a list that I oh, like to t- go. go over. I <laughs> love list. Um, there's three, or there's like six things that I like to say what makes a good business idea. Let me find it real quick.
0: Yeah, this is gonna be good. I could already tell. Uh,
2: okay, it's not necessarily an exhaustive list or anything like that, but if you're looking, if you're, in this, you're like people that are looking for a business idea, their first business idea. Yep. Okay, so your first business, okay, there's six things. I'll go over the six and then I'll go through each one. Uh, Number one, it takes advantage of your existing skills and knowledge. Number two, you're passionate about it. Number three, it's some sort of new trend or hidden opportunity. Uh, Number four, there's no competition or you can build something that has no competition. So like a personal monopoly. Um, It's very niche and people will pay for it. Those are my six things. So the first one is takes advantage of your skills and knowledge. A lot of people want to go and they're really good at, let's say, writing or they're good at Excel. I don't know. Something like that. And then they want to go start an e-commerce business yeah. because that's what they hear on Twitter or you know, they hear some guy who's making lots of money in e-commerce. Okay, yeah, you're going to go there. You don't have any skills in e-commerce. How are you going to build this business? Like, you can still build that business, but it's going to take you a year or two to learn those base, baseline skills, and you're just going to be behind by a year or two. Yeah. Where if you go, say you know Excel, and you go and start a business around Excel, boom, you're already primed up, ready to go to make money with this thing, this existing skill or knowledge that you have. And that's the mistake that I made too. I started a, I guess, previously when, with, my, with the B2B business, the first, first B2B business, I didn't have any skills or knowledge about building a B2B company or anything like that. So it didn't, it didn't even work. Um, so that's, that's the first thing is that like, if you do you'll you'll just be faster if you do something that where you have existing skills or knowledge about a thing so if you know a lot about yeah marketing or you know a lot about golf or you know a lot about some sort of topic if you, you can build Cigars, around that yeah podcast otherwise thing. you're going to go learn about the topic and that's going to take 6 months to a year right it's no one's going to learn anything in 1 month
0: yeah and i think one interesting thing there for the audience is like a lot of people overthink that step of like, it has to be something like business oriented it really doesn't. Right. It could yep. be cigars. It could yep. be podcasts. It could be uh, Starbucks co- coffee. It could yep. be Marvel movies, yep. like any of this stuff. Yep. Right.
2: Yep. Yep. So that's usually the first mistake that people make. I think a lot of people just make that mistake anyway. Um, and even when you tell people that to do that, they still won't do it. They'll still go start the thing that they hear the other guy online being successful of. So even though I give this advice, you're probably going to make this mistake anyway. I did at least. (laughs) The second one is that you're passionate about it. That's like, that'll keep you going in the times where like, for example, I started Starter Story. I was passionate. Okay. Before I started Starter Story, I started, I wanted to start a blog, right? This is after when I was on my own, I wanted to do something on my own. It's like, okay, I'll start a blog about pets because that can be a good niche. I didn't have pets at the time. And I started it, and then I quit after about four weeks because I wasn't passionate about it. Right? I didn't even care about the content we were making or anything like that. So I switched the topic to be about entrepreneurship, which I've always been passionate about. And I love, you know, reading Indie Hackers, for example, and stuff like that. And that that'll keep you going in the times where you know you're in month two, month three, and you're not making any money. That will keep you going. Mm. So it's like really just doing something that prevents you from not quitting. That's like, if you, can do, if you can find a business that you can start where you're not gonna quit, cause that's another big thing is that a lot of people just, they get shiny object, object syndrome and they, they just stop doing it. When if yeah. you just kept doing it, then you might've been successful. Okay, new trend or hidden opportunity. If you can build something in AI, there's a saying called rising tide lifts all boats. So even if you have a shitty product that doesn't even work, <coughs> You're still going to probably be successful in AI right now because-
1: (laughs) Or at least be able to raise some money.
2: Yep. Yep, exactly. Because um, there's no competition because it's so new. And there's a lot of people that are just wanting to just get your thing. If you create something that's not in a new trend, let's say you create, I don't know, a DTC e-commerce business on something that's traditional, um, there's not going to be like new people. You're competing with these more established people that have been in the game for five, 10 years. Or if it's a hidden opportunity, that's a little harder to find, I think. Um, but if there's something like, I don't know, a new trend will often cause a hidden opportunity. Or you, it's hard. It's hard I was going to
1: gonna say the fact that you're having a hard time explaining it yeah. shows exactly yeah. what it is, right? It's, yeah. not, it's not supposed to be easy. Exactly.
2: So if you know, like that goes back to the knowledge thing. If you know of this little weird thing at your job where there's no good software that does it or there's no good content around this thing. If you can do it, that's a hidden opportunity. You only know it because you're in this weird niche position where you work at a cigar lounge and there's not good cigar lounge software. I don't know, something like that. That's a hidden opportunity. I
3: feel like people think that opportunity has to be very macro when it could be very, very targeted towards one thing. Like how to, I don't know, a lighter refiller device. Like something as specific as that could crush way more than... The next you know nike or yep. rolex or something like yeah.
2: that yeah yep and that's it that's, goes to my next point is that it's niche something that's niche obviously people that's a mistake that i made in the beginning and a lot of people will make is like uh they're worried that there's only 10 people that will buy their thing when that's a good sign that there's only like 10 people that you could think of that would buy your thing because um there will always be more people that want to buy it you're just not thinking big enough yep. about the whole world right yeah. you can sell something uh, and, you know, to 10 people in Tampa, it means you can sell something to 10 people in Miami and whatever. So that's one. I really like the no competition one. Um, that's my third or fourth fourth or fifth point is like, have you ever read Zero to One, Peter yeah, Thiel? Yeah, Peter Thiel, I yeah. love that book. Yep, it's all about monopolies and why monopolies are the best businesses you can start because you have no competition and competition is for losers. That's the other thing he says. Um, if you can find something and that's a little bit, I think, is there another website like Starter Story? No, there's not another website that has 4,000 case studies about how to build a business. So when we write our copy or our offer or whatever, I'm not saying we're the most successful business in the world, but we can. We're not competing with anyone. There's no, there's no one else who's going to. I mean, there are competitors and stuff like that, but we can position our product in a way that's um, there's no one else like us, right? And that can, if you can, I think personal monopoly also goes to like, or no competition is like authors and people that start like movements like Dickie Bush is a good example. Like, um, there's no other Dickie Bush. There's no other James Clear. There's no other, I don't know, Russell Brunson. (laughs) Right. Exactly. There's no competition. So brand is, is, um, is a way to establish if you yourself, and that's something that I need to get better at is like using yourself as part of the product because no one can compete with you. Yeah. And the last one is that people will pay. And that's an obvious one, but some, yeah. a lot of people create businesses where. Uh,
0: Tim Ferriss talks about that one a lot.
2: Where no one will pay for yeah. it, right? You're making a business about, I don't know, uh, yeah, online content or yeah. cooking or something like that.
0: It's like the biggest mistake in like target market research is like you ask people if they like it, they're like, yeah, but you forget to ask if they'd paid for it because mm-hmm. it's such a big difference. Yeah. Yep. Like-
2: <laughs> so those are my six things. Sorry for rambling on.
0: Masterclass, like I said, I tried to set it up as like a startup masterclass for people that want to get into business or are in business and just better understand it. So that was sweet.
3: I want to talk about, so you spent time in San Francisco. You said you're from Texas, I believe.
2: So I, I, I went, I've been all over. My dad worked in hotel industry. So I lived in, born in Texas, moved to California, moved to Arizona. Wyoming is where I spent my formative years in high school. And then I went to school in Southern California. Then I went to San Francisco. Then I went to New York. Then I went digital nomad. So I went to Thailand, Bali. That's where I met like Peter Levels and those guys. Mm-hmm. And then I went back home. And then now I'm in Tampa. Wow. So all over.
3: What brought you down here? Yeah, well, why are you in Tampa? My girlfriend. Awesome. <clears throat>
2: she's, a, she's a resident. She's uh, trained to be a doctor. Very cool. So the residency is you can't, you can't really like pick where you go, I guess. But she was down here and um she's here for six years and I was in New York at the time and it was during COVID and we we had known each other previously and we just started talking again I was like she's like yeah I live in Tampa I was like can I come down there we weren't dating at the time and she was like like, yeah I was like so I just flew down here you
3: can't really go around in COVID in New York can I come to Tampa (laughs) pretty much
2: (laughs) yeah no like the whole lockdown thing was terrible And Terrible. and I got to Florida and I was like holy shit this is amazing yeah and then never left. Really. How does
3: Tampa stack up to the other places you've lived?
2: I love New York city. Mm-hmm. I was just there and the energy there is like, is unmatched for what I was looking for in the time that I was there. But Florida is like, what I love about Florida is that there's no rules, <laughs> you know, or like there's no rule enforcement there's more freedom, freedom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's like a random thing to say, but like, I've never been pulled over. I've
3: noticed that. I'm from, I grew up in upstate. We all grew up in New York. I would drive home from a dinner. There'd be like six, six state troopers, three people pulled over. Yeah. I'm like in Florida, you don't see people pulled over yeah. like ever.
2: Everyone's minding their own business yeah. here, you know? Like uh, in, in New York, I remember I was like, we were out at a park for someone's birthday, just like drinking wine or something like that, just like public parks, something you do. And like cops came up and wrote us a ticket for drinking in public. And, like, in Florida, you could just, like... You just walk down the street with a white collar, and yeah, no one says exactly. anything. And, like, cops, like, don't... It's, it's a random example to say why I like Florida. That's yeah, so true. But though. it's... it's a, small things. A more representation of, like, the freedom and, like... Well, just at, COVID is the definition of why yeah. Florida's more free.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's probably like that in Texas, too, I'd imagine.
2: I was so young uh, that... Gotcha. I, I only lived there till I was, like, five years old. But, um yeah
1: i feel like texas everybody hasn't gone yeah. so like i'm just yeah gonna, like, <laughs> but florida business. and
2: texas are similar yeah, yeah. but i'm yeah. trying to convince my you know my friends are a little uppity they're like you know the the new york like i tell them i moved to tampa they're like what the fuck's in tampa you know <laughs> but more
0: um, miami vibe probably yeah yeah
2: yeah but um a few of them have visited here and they love it so yeah. no i love it here though man yeah it's dope what do you guys think
1: Good spot. Yeah, I love it. Big Tampa guys. The weather, obviously, coming from New York was a big factor for us. Also, taxes was a giant factor as well. Um, But yeah, just in general, the vibe in Tampa specifically, it's just very clean, it's very safe, it's Mm -hmm. growing a lot, which is nice. Like at this point in my life, I don't want to be in a city that's like stagnant or on its way out. Like it's cool to be living in a place where there's a restaurant opening down the street, like pretty much. Every week, yeah, you know, where, where we're it's at. It's cool so. to
2: be a part of something that's growing yeah. and be early on something that's Fact, you know, it's gonna be Because People big. are
0: like, What's in Tampa? And you're yeah. like, Wait till you see yeah, it. Exactly. It's like cool to show people because yeah. they're I, always shocked. And it's I, so easy
1: to network with like the, the people who yeah. actually own and like run things mm-hmm. around here. Like it's super accessible, less of a hierarchy almost, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Or it's just like easier to kind of like see the path where you could kind of like move up the social yeah. ladder here, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I like to be early on things, just generally speaking, yeah. like, yeah. To be early on trends and like I, I pride myself on being like, yeah, yeah. Remember, uh,
3: remember those Roshi runs? No, what's that? It's the, the most niche the example, It's ever. like a Nike shoe that e- by like oh, C- Rochas. yeah, yeah, yeah. Roches, okay. Roches. But like, I had the first pair in tenth grade, and then I show up for the first day in eleventh grade, and everyone's got them. Mm-hmm. Like, I had those. I already had those. <laughs> I'm the same way about everything, right? Yeah. And then once everyone has them, like, I don't want.
0: Yes,
2: them anymore. exactly. I quit drinking, and now like it's becoming like a thing that i like, gonna start yeah. drinking. Yeah. That, that okay. stop drinking, so I'm gonna start drinking. <laughs> okay. So
0: what's one thing now that you're early on if you want to let us in on?
2: I quit caffeine.
0: Oh, that's. That's bold. <laughs> Would you replace it with anything? No. Damn.
2: Uh, a little Damn. bit of nicotine here and there. There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I did that. I don't know if I'm gonna do it forever.
1: So you wake up. Yeah. What? Just ready to go. <laughs> you
2: must next? like take a yeah.
3: cold shower or something. No,
2: no. Once you once you quit after like after the first two three months, you don't need anything. Like you just wake up with constant. You- I think about that,
3: but then. I started drinking coffee in college and we used to do a podcast like freshman year and you would be like, dude, why are you so tired all the time? I'm like, I don't know. And then I started
2: drinking coffee. I'm like, holy shit!
3: <laughs> so I know what I would go back to if I stopped. And I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I don't know.
2: yeah, it's not for
1: everyone. Also, just like the act of going to a coffee shop. Yeah, something about like, okay, like this symbolizes like I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna relax. Yeah, yeah. And when I come back, stop, bro, you're gonna get him back.
3: On it. <laughs> Sometimes no, I don't even want. I, the coffee. I still like coffee shops. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I, don't yeah. I don't even tea.
1: want the coffee. I want the act of going to a coffee exactly. shop. Exactly. Like, yeah, because you're like, I know, coffee. like I'm gonna take this time in the morning. But when I get back, that's when I start work. It's mean, yeah. like a, more of a ritual yeah. for me. I'm also hopelessly addicted to it, so I'm not yeah. getting off. Of yeah.
2: It. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I, I'll go and get tea. Um, but what I like about it is like with coffee, you kind of structure your like let's say like, oh, if I want to work for a couple hours, let me get a cup of coffee. Yeah. But you have more without caffeine, you have more constant energy levels where you're not yeah. like uh you don't have to like focus for sprint. just a couple hours. Yeah, you don't have to sprint. Like you, it's hard to it's harder to wake up in the morning and get right to work. that's one thing that I do miss. But now I can my energy levels are so constant that it doesn't, I can just like get, I feel like I, I'm more productive in the grand Overall, scheme. It's like yeah. Adderall. You guys ever take Adderall?
1: Mm-mm. No. Once.
2: That was, that was big <laughs> in college. And like, I feel like the people that did Adderall like to study Oh my god. would, yeah, they would like study harder for like four hours. But the people that were like, got better grades or like did better were the ones that were study like less my roommates were the consistent. types
3: that were like i have a test in 24 hours i'm just gonna study for a day
2: straight and i'm like that was me god bless you <laughs> awesome.
0: that's that's crazy stuff this has been a, yeah. a lot of fun we're gonna wrap it pretty soon here but not before uh we do the lightning round which is like the last segment of uh our show that we're bringing back we actually invented it when christian and i did a podcast way back in college and the questions are just a lot of fun And so we brought it back randomly. I have a new
3: question. I'm inventing a new one.
0: You're inventing a new one. So it's kind of like the point of the lightning round is just come up with any cool question you can think of. Uh, You want to start with your new question? New
3: invention. So you're familiar with golf? (laughs) Yeah. If you win the Masters, the following year, you get to invent, you get to make a menu for a dinner, like entree, appetizer, (laughs) dessert. If you could make a Masters champion's dinner, what would be your appetizer, entree, dessert?
2: Oh, God. I'm really bad at answering this shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. These ones are funny. If you go back and listen to our old... (laughs) podcast yeah, interviews yeah. like it'd be like five minute gaps, but before <laughs> someone answered and we wouldn't edit any of it out so like people would be like yo is this broke it's like no <laughs> the guest is just thinking bro
2: <laughs> so okay and it's purely for me or is like
0: no
3: whatever your favorite foods basically well, my favorite yeah, foods yeah, yeah. all right yeah you're not pandering to anybody
1: breakfast lunch dinner. wait no no, no, it's no. Just appetizer an- entree dessert appetizer, appetizer,
3: appetizer, appetizer right, entree is, yeah.
2: dessert okay god man, it's so hard <laughs> I'll give you my entree. Would be like fucking steak for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like uh, strip steak. I recently just got really into steak. I didn't eat meat for like six years. Wow. Wow. Didn't eat red meat for six. Yeah, red meat for six years. But I recently got into steak in the last year. Welcome back. So yeah, <laughs> and it's so damn good. It's so <laughs> it's good. so good. Uh, appetizer. God, what's a typical appetizer?
1: Calamari. Just, that was exactly those were the uh, That's that what that's
2: actually what came to mind. Like calamari, <laughs> uh, mozzarella
3: sticks, and calamari. Yeah, the, yeah L- let me get like let that.
2: me try to give you a good answer though.
3: Mm. Uh, Appetizer is a tough one. I don't know.
2: Okay, random one miso soup.
1: Mm. Mm. Okay, nice warming syrup. up the uh, yeah. stomach for the steak. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really random miso soup then steak. <laughs> uh... I'm also just like the fat guy was like chicken wings. They count <laughs> as an appetizer. Yeah, true. Yeah. Mozzarella really sticks
0: one. are a great appetizer. Mozzarella sticks,
2: yeah. Um, got to have a favorite. Now the most important favorite dessert, of course. Yeah, I'm a big cookie guy. So chocolate chip cookie, like salted on top. Oh, ice cream? No, just no cookie. Okay, yeah. Fair I'll good. take some ice cream on it, but
3: like a little cookie sandwich. Mm. Oh, I love
1: that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm, really? I've been trying to not eat so much sugar though lately. That's another thing. You, you know, are think, very
1: yeah. I, ba- I barely eat sugar. I haven't I eaten feel, a lot of sugar. In how a do lot. you feel? Way better. Yeah. And, and the only bad thing about it is because like when you do want to enjoy like a little bit of dessert. Like it was my birthday not too long ago, and I had a bunch of dessert, and I was like, oh, I feel. Like Yo, know, happy birthday, man! This was weeks ago. But <laughs> at this point, it's like when this actually releases this is like two months ago. But thank you, appreciate it. Yeah. No.
2: It, I feel. I think sugar is really addictive. And like, if you feel like once you, you have every meal, you feel like you got to have sweet after it. it. I think it's okay to have some sugar here and there for your birthday or whatever. It's not, you're not going to get re addicted to it. Yeah. But I've been avoiding, I've been, it's been helping with energy levels and like weight loss and stuff like that. But I'm old. You guys, the thing is, you guys don't have to worry about any of this shit. (laughs) Once you turn 30, then like it gets harder to sleep. It gets harder to get energy so
1: i don't know i've noticed hangovers getting worse so yeah hangovers
2: like, right yep. but you guys don't have to worry about that shit for a long time
1: yeah <laughs> yep. uh
0: next question we like to ask is if and this is actually one of the questions i forgot to ask is like dream guest but it's baked into this one is if you could have that master's dinner i guess just putting you back into this scenario with three other people who would you pick three people anyone
2: three people though
1: dead what? or alive dead anyone. or alive
2: yeah oh shit Kanye,
0: let's go! Cool.
1: I love that
2: uh, answer.
0: I love that answer. And I have a
2: story about how I met Kanye too. Whoa! Um, I love hip hop, so that, that comes to mind immediately.
0: Yeah, that was a quick one. So that definitely- yeah.
2: Uh, I'm thinking like athletes. Probably like Roger Federer. I think That's that would be really so cool. Um, and then an entrepreneur. God, my answer is going to suck. I know I'm going to look back and want a better answer.
3: <laughs>
2: but I'd give a lame answer, say Elon. It's pretty cool, though. That that would be.
0: Pretty cool. But how did you meet Kanye? Or did so, you say you met Kanye? Yeah.
2: yeah okay. I... I uh, I have a buddy who worked for Kanye before his whole loss of clarity in the last month or year or whatever. And uh, so he's just doing like production for Kanye, basically just helping him. And he used to have a ranch in Wyoming. I used yeah. to live in Wyoming. So I was back home in Wyoming and my buddy was like, hey, I'm in Wyoming working with Kanye. Do you want to come out for a week and, and work with the team? Damn. So I was like, hell yeah. I mean, I can't pass up this opportunity. This is only like two years ago or something like that. Wow. So I drove, like, five hours to Kanye's ranch and basically, like, helped out just bullshit, like, driving (laughs) people around and setting up stage and production stuff and, yeah, getting coffee, just being, like, bitch work. How was he to be around? He was, so... He was, yeah, super intense. Um, He's shorter than you think. So, like, when I was standing next to him, he's, like, shorter than me, so it was really weird. Um, But, yeah, he's... He, at the time he had like a team of like a hundred people. So he was managing like a whole team of a hundred people. And basically like in front of me, like he, all these people are joining his team and he saw me and he like, didn't know who I was. So he went to my buddy. He's like, Hey, I'm Kanye. And like, we shook hands and I was like, yeah, I'm a big fan, et cetera. And then he immediately turns to my buddy and he's like, I don't want you adding any new people to my team for, unless I get my explicit re- approval. <laughs> You're probably like, I oh, was like, shit. Oh look he doesn't like me <laughs> so that was my first like that was my was first Kim kardashian, kardashian in there she was but i didn't see her but Ugh. she was there yeah
0: how could you miss that's that That's awesome man
2: <laughs> and then i helped him find like a house to rent and then he was like really appreciative and like patted me on the back so i was like oh that's cool
0: that's <laughs> awesome yeah did you hear stories like when you meet guys like that like they're just so focused yeah like yeah so focused he cool. there
2: was it was so funny he was like there was like they had a bunch of rental cars just like Escalades or something like that and like a couple of them were white and he's like, I don't want any white Escalades. I only (laughs) want black Escalades. So they had to go back and re-rent new cars. He's like, I want them all lined up like this I want it to look like Mad Max. (laughs) He doesn't like, he is- He lives in a different Yeah, exactly. He's like, the way you see him on TV is the same person that he is in real life and like he just has, he doesn't think about things in terms of like, okay, let's grow this business or let's improve this product. It's like, He's thinking about the vibe. Yeah, he's thinking about the vibe of everything. Like he wants certain cars lined up in a Did certain he way. do you have
1: any other famous people coming through? Like I remember during COVID, he had uh, Dave Chappelle out there a couple of times. Didn't I didn't know
0: you had to be out there at that time because they were working on something. Yeah, he
2: out. was recording at, at the time, so they had a couple people. But uh, one of the basketball players, Rick Fox, was out there. <laughs> uh, there's random. a couple of random people. Yeah, there wasn't any like super. I was only there for one week. Um, but yeah, that's
1: so dope. Still, it's, that's an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> Can you got the next one? Can I just make my own up right now? Because I don't if know the want. lightning round. Okay. Uh, all right. We, I feel like Bezos has come up like three times. So let's say Mr. Jeff Bezos walks in. He's like, starter story is mine. Here's $100 million. What does the next 24 hours look like? Like, what are you doing to celebrate? Are you just relaxing with a girl? Are you going crazy? Like, what, what do you do? $100 million? uh assuming you accept the offer right? <laughs> yeah probably drink again yeah <laughs> he's, he's having an espresso martini so he's going back in the drinking yeah. coffee
2: i'd get a private jet pick up all my all my friends uh and then yeah just go fucking rage yeah. <laughs>
1: that's what
3: i
0: would do uh,
1: he's like i'm done optimizing <laughs> yeah. for all this yeah <laughs> no. yeah
0: imagine that's awesome man Well, well that's really it. So sorry uh, for rambling the, on. No, awesome. no, that was great, man. We could sit here all night and talk. But uh, the last question really is: Where can our first off? Thank you for being on the show and sharing everything that you shared today. It was super insightful, and I had a good time. I know these guys. I had a good, had time, a good time, as well. time too. Oh, yeah.
2: Thank you. I was super nervous when I started. And then yeah, it's, yeah, yeah soon As soon as you Scott's in.
0: like, "You guys are good," it's always just like, uh, "Yeah, all right." We're it's rolling. way
2: better to do it in person. Yeah, I I can't stand doing podcasts yeah. over Zoom.
0: Yeah. It's it's too much going on. You get a notification come up on your screen, you can't really focus. But uh, for our audience out there, I'm sure uh, they're now fans of of you now if they weren't already. And so where can they find you, follow you, and just continue to uh, watch your journey unfold?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm big on Twitter. So you can just search Pat Walls should come up on Google and Twitter. And then, uh, yeah, Starter Story, you can Google that too. And... And that's pretty much and it and there's
0: a lot of entrepreneurs in the audience as well so if they have what they think is qualified as a starter story where can they go to submit that or tell you yeah. more about it
2: yep you can go to our website starterstory.com share yeah we'd love to share your story and yeah um you can do that and yeah
0: awesome,
1: man. awesome man. thanks so much Sweet. for coming on the show bro
0: Appreciate, Appreciate it. Bro.